Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at Grace Point Church, we believe in meeting people where they are and leading them to where God wants them to be. Join us now as we listen to this week's message. So, Happy New Year and uh, welcome. I am so glad that we all made it into 2019. And one of the things that we do here every single year is we always start the year off uh, talking about the vision for our church and what we're going to do as we look forward to the new year. And we've done this every year. And so today, this is the fifth year that we have had our regular vision day. And I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, our church and where we've come from and where we see ourselves going and um, uh, it's, it's an interesting thing because uh, we have, from the very beginning, had a vision uh, that we believe that God led us to, to create this place that you come to now that's called Grace Point Church. And some of you are here uh, because, from the beginning, you believed in that vision, and some of you are here as a result of that vision. But today, we are all here. For one reason or another, there is something that brought you to this place. And I will tell you that as I look back, I know that it has nothing at all to do with anything that I have done. Um, when we started out uh, our, our church, um, I have to tell you that I made just about every possible mistake that could be made. Every single one. I, I found new mistakes to make. That's how bad it was. And, and people will tell you, and, and, and I wish you could see it, because I, I came in thinking all of it had all these grand ideas, and, and we started off great, and the house was full, and thanks to my experience and, and, and my knowledge in, in, in church work and church planting, I was able to grow our church in the first year all the way to twelve. I mean, literally, we were a full house, and by the end of the first year, there was like a dozen people in here. And that that's, was Caesar's doing. But fortunately, it's not about what Caesar does. It's about what God does. And one of the things that we learned is that as we became focused on being faithful to God, that we realized that we can overcome mistakes, that we can overcome the things that we think and allow God an opportunity to do the things that he does. And one of the most important things for us was to keep focused on this vision that God gave us. And that vision came down and was boiled down into what has become our mission statement that every, every week for the last couple of months now, then our host comes up here, he talks about our mission statement, and our mission statement is this, meeting people where they are and leading them to where God wants them to be. And this is an important thing for us because for us, meeting people where they are is significant. And over the next two weeks, this week and next week, we're going to be talking about the vision of our church, but we're going to be talking about it from the perspective of our mission and what we want to accomplish and where we believe that God is calling us to be as a part of the body, as a part of all of the churches, because there is no one church that can reach everybody. Which is why for us here at Grace Point, it's been such a high value for us to partner with other churches. 
So every time we have an opportunity to partner with another church or with multiple churches, we try to do that because for us, the most important thing is not that Grace Point Church gets all of the credit, but it's that Jesus gets all of the credit. And I don't care how we do it, and I don't care who we work with. If we can work together with other people, we do that. And so meeting people where they are and leading them to where God wants them to be has been the focus of what we have been doing over these last couple of years. So this week, we're going to talk about the meeting people where they are. And next week, we're going to wrap up our vision. It used to be a day, but now it's two days. So we're going to talk vision on next week, too. And we're going to talk about the second part, leading them to where God wants them to be. Now, I tell you that I did not come up with this statement. And actually, this statement is taken from something that Jesus told his disciples to do. Church people call it, and and maybe you may have heard this before, but they call it the Great Commission. And the Great Commission comes from something that Jesus said, um, the... the, uh, The Apostle Matthew wrote about it in his book called Matthew, and we're going to look at it today. But it was one of the final things that Jesus said after he was crucified and he came back to life and he was talking to his disciples, he was talking to his best friends, to the people that he was going to be leaving this mission to, and he gave them this instruction. So in Matthew, and we're going to be in in chapter 28 of Matthew, if you want to follow along, but as always, we put the words up on the screen. But Matthew, in that last chapter, Matthew records what happened right before Jesus went back to be in heaven. And so Jesus appeared, and he appeared to people after he had been crucified. People had seen him die. They saw him buried in the tomb and Jesus came back to life. And he went around to different places so that people could see that he was alive. That he did not stay dead, but he was able to overcome death. So he walked around telling people. And if you look at that chapter in Matthew, right before the verse that we're going to look at, the people who saw that Jesus was alive, the religious people who who did not want Jesus to be alive, started bribing people to make them say that they never saw Jesus when they did see him. Because the worst thing that could happen for the religious people was for what Jesus said to be true. And so right before all of this, Jesus says to his disciples, listen, I am here. I want you to go and meet me on this mountain because I have something to say to you. So we start here in verse 16 and it says this. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So he said, listen, I need you to be here. You meet me here. I've got something important to say. They go and they meet him there. And this is what happened. When they saw him... Jesus, they worshipped him. Because when the guy who predicts his own death actually says that he's going to come back to life and then he comes back to life, you have got to believe that there is something not just natural but supernatural about him. So when they saw him die and they saw him put in the tomb, And they knew that he was dead. And then they saw him again. They worshipped him because they finally understood what he was saying. And then this next phrase. 
which for us here at Grace Point is a key phrase. It says, but some of them doubted. Now, I do not know any person, any person who is a follower of Jesus, who at some time, after they were baptized, after they became a follower of Jesus, who at some time did not doubt, did not wonder if it was all true or not, who who did not wonder if maybe, just maybe, all of those people who think Christians are crazy and that they are, they are believing in this made-up fairy tale just to make themselves feel good, maybe they're right. I have doubted. I think I doubted yesterday. Maybe this morning. It happens all the time. There is nothing wrong with doubting. There's nothing wrong with questioning God. In fact, there are so many times in Scripture where he invites that. And that's why for us here, we don't tell people, hey, you can't come in here until you believe everything that we believe. We don't even tell people that you can't be a part of what we do here. We don't tell people that you can't serve. We don't tell people that you can't volunteer. We don't tell people that you can't be a part of one of our service teams unless you believe what we believe. In fact, here at Grace Point, one of the things that we always say is this. You can belong before you believe. You can be a part of what we're doing before you believe everything that we believe. Because the people who were closest to Jesus, the people who Jesus said, come and follow me, and they followed him, many of them, when they started following, they did not believe either. And they were asking questions, and they were wanting to understand. And part of the process of getting to the place where they believed was staying in close. And so for here, that's why for here, for us, you don't have to believe in order to belong. Those of you who are online, you can't probably hear this, but there is a wonderful pitter-patter of rain right now. It's distracting me. It goes on and it says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And So what does that mean? It means all of the rights that he had to do all of the things that he did, all of those rights, the authority, the the privilege, all of that in heaven was given to him while he was here on earth. And now what he's going to do is he's going to take that authority and he is going to pass it on because he's leaving. He is going to now pass it on to those of us who are left. And then he says this, he says, therefore, therefore, that's that that phrase that means it connects the, 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 the sentence before to what he's about to say. So he starts with, I've been given the authority. So therefore, and he says this, he says, go, go, don't stay here, go. This is the meet people where they are. 
part of the Great Commission. He doesn't say stay. He says go. Now, for us, we we kind of look at that and, and, and we may easily just dismiss it. But you have to understand the significance of this to the people that he was talking to. You see, up until this time, God was located in a place. Up until this time, when you wanted to be in the presence of God, you went to a place. There was a temple where you would go, and that's where God's presence was. In fact, you could only come near to the place where God's presence was. You couldn't actually be in the presence of God. You could just be near his presence. And this was not just for the people who followed God, but this was for all of the gods. They all existed in a place. And that was the old paradigm. And for many, many years, the church's paradigm was the same. There was a place. That's where God was. You need to be there to meet God. But when Jesus came, he changed all of that. See, when Jesus came... He was no longer God who was sitting in one place waiting for you to come to him. He was a God who went out. He was a God who said, no, I need to go. And instead of waiting for people to come to him, he walked beside them. He entered into their lives right where they were. It was the first time that we had seen God come and physically go to where we were. And it completely changed everything. And so he says, I have the authority that's given to me in heaven. That's authority on earth. And now I'm saying, therefore, because I've had that authority, I'm now telling you, go. And 2,000 years later, he's looking at us as a church And he's saying to us, listen, it's not enough for you to be here. You've got to go. That's the meeting people where they are. Meet people where they are. And that meet people where they are is is multifaceted. It's not just meet people where they are physically. And, And that's the easiest place for us to start with is to meet people where they are physically. It's to go out to where people are. The old model where we tried to have the coolest church building or the coolest church experience and then just hope that people will come into the room no longer exists. We've got to go where people are physically. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus walked by the, the, the roads, and as he was walking to through different places, he met different people. And where they were, exactly where they were, he called them. And he said, come. He went to where they were. So he found Matthew, who Matthew was a tax collector, but he's not like a tax collector like we experience today. He's not like a guy who works for the IRS. No, Matthew was a guy who collected taxes on commission. And he got to set the amount of the commission. And so he collected taxes for a foreign government. And he collected it from his own people. His his own people thought him a traitor. Just from the job that he had, he was ceremonially unclean. He had totally given up on any claim to his heritage. 
The equivalent today of how we would view a drug dealer. And Jesus looked at him and he said, come. And Matthew dropped everything and followed him. Because Jesus went to where he was. James and John, they were business owners. They owned a business. They had employees. They went out, or or Jesus went out. He saw them and he said, come and follow me. And they dropped everything. They walked away from their business so that they could follow Jesus. Because Jesus physically went to where they were. He didn't wait. He went to where they were. He met the people where they are. So it's not, but it's not just physically. It's also emotionally. Now, one of the things that that you will find is that almost all of our bad habits, almost all of the things that we wish that we could give up, almost all of the things that are on our New Year's resolution list are habits that we're trying to get rid of, but they're habits that are driven by emotion. Eating too much is driven by emotion. Smoking, if you can't quit whenever you want to, it's usually because it's driven by emotion. Most of the things that are bad for us that we do, that we can't get rid of them, they're driven by some type of emotion inside us. And a lot of people are told, or a lot of people are led to believe, that you can't come here until you've fixed all of those things. But we're called to go. And as a church, if our mission is to meet people where they are, then it's not just meeting them where they are physically, but it's also meeting them where they are emotionally. Which means we don't tell people that there is a threshold that you have to reach or there's a, a, a habits that you have to break or, or things that you have to stop doing before you can come. Wherever you are, whatever it is that you're doing, everyone is welcome. It's not just physically and emotionally, but it's also relationally. Because one of the things that that we know is this, is that people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And so you can go out and stand on the street corner. I love these guys. The first weekend that we we came and moved back here from Florida, uh, we took a, a, a day where me and my family, we went into the city and we were at the Powell Street station, you know, where the cable cars come, and there's also a BART station there, and there was a guy literally standing on a milk crate, and he was screaming at people, just screaming at them, that they have to repent, that they have to change their ways, that no one was listening to this guy. He, he was trying to get them to, he was yelling scripture at them. He was, he was trying to get them to change their lives, but no one was paying attention to them. No one cared what he had to say. Because people won't listen to you if they don't think that you care about them. And so for us, building relationships here has always been foundational to who we've been as a church. That's one of the reasons why we put out a whole bunch of food. We're trying to keep you here so we can get to know each other, so we can build those relationships. Because relationally is one of the key places where people are looking for something and they can't find it anywhere else that they go. See, church is an interesting thing because church is the one place. And we hope that we have created this to be one place where the only thing that we have to have in common is that we love Jesus. 
So you don't have to be in the so, same socioeconomic level. You don't have to be in the same educational level. You don't have to have the same line of work. You don't have to be culturally from the same place. You don't have to have been raised in the same place. You don't have to all speak the same language. But we relationally connect together in this one place. And it's one of the things that brings me the greatest joy because you can look around and everybody here is so different. And yet everybody here stands around and talks to each other. Sometimes I'm trying to kick you guys out because I'm trying to close up the place and get out of here. But no, you're still here. It's one of the greatest things about this place that we've created together. But more than that, we meet people where they are spiritually. And we talk about that every week. Because there are some of you here today who you've been Christians your entire lives and you're not really sure what you know or what you believe. There's this saying, my pastor used to say it all the time. I know he didn't come up with it, but, but I, I just love the way that he said it. He said, just because you are, are sitting in the garage, it doesn't make you a car. Well, just because you sit in church every week, it doesn't make you a Christian. And for many years, that's how I was. I sat in church every single week, faithfully. Although towards the end there, I was sitting in the back in the nursery planning out what I was going to do that night. Um, but I was still in church. There's some of you here who you were raised a Christian and you have totally just disregarded anything about God. Maybe it's someone who's watching us online right now. And I can't blame you. Maybe you grew up with parents and your parents prayed. And they asked God for stuff and they believed. And nothing that they asked for or they believed for ever came true. And you started to wonder to yourselves, maybe there isn't a God. I mean, come on, my parents were good people. Why are they still struggling? My parents are good people. Why did my siblings turn out that way? We struggle with it. We struggle with where we are and what we believe. And from the beginning, what we wanted to make sure was, was that we created a place where no matter where you are spiritually, as Jeffrey said before, that you can find a home here. Right here. So at the end, what I want to talk about is this. As we kind of get ready to you know, to look at this as, as the foundation of where we're going to head into next week. As we look at this phrase where we say that we meet people where they are. See, part of that meeting people where they are leads us to the second place where we go, where we, where we uh, it says, meet people where they are, go. And then it says, make disciples. And, and all make disciples means is, is just duplicate yourself. That there is a reason why you were here today. There's a reason why you come. There's a reason why you call this place your church home or, or why you continue to come and visit us here. There's a reason why. It's because there's something that you need in your life that you found here. And, and while we don't focus on numbers, one of the things that we know is is that the way that we see more people's lives change is, is, is we see more people come. As we see more people become a part 
of this gathering that here in this particular place, at this particular time, we call Grace Point Church. And one of the things that I've come to realize, and one of the reasons that I said from the beginning that when we started this off, I had all these fancy ideas and, and I was so brilliant at it that I was able to drop us down to 12 people is because it's not about being successful. It's about being faithful. And I'll tell you, there's, there's some of you who in this room from the very beginning, you said, hey, okay, I get it. I want to be there. And I led you down a path and we were all looking around going, what in the world happened? But once we moved away from trying to be successful to just focusing on being faithful to what God has called us to, faithful to meeting people where they are, things started to change. And it for us, and I hope for many of you, as, especially for those of you who call Grace Point your home, that that shift comes in understanding that it is not us who build up the church, but it's Jesus that does. In fact, he's the one who said it. See, in Matthew, earlier in Matthew, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and, and he's talking to them, and he says this. He says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, And then he said, and upon this rock. Now, a lot of people over the years have misunderstood what this means. In fact, for many of our our friends who are um, Roman Catholic, this is the basis of, of where they believe that Peter was the first pope and that he was the foundation of the church. This is the verse which they use. And they say that Peter was the one who was the foundation, that, that who the church was built on. Now, when you look at those two words, that first word, rock, and that second word, rock, when you look at it as it was originally written in the Greek, they're actually two separate words. The first word, rock, where he says, your name is now Peter, which means rock, is the word Petros, which means rock. But, you know, we use rock to mean many different things. I pick up a little tiny pebble and I say it's a rock. But I stand at Yosemite in front of Half Dome and I say, man, that is a rock. Two completely different things. So the word that he uses for Peter is Petros. But the word that he says where I, on this rock, I will build my church is the word Petras. Petros is masculine. Petros is feminine. But that's not the distinguishing factor here. The distinguishing factor is this. The word Petros means a tiny stone. And if you've ever built anything out of concrete, you know that concrete buildings are made up of tiny little stones that are all put together. Petros is the word for a rock that is a tiny little stone. But Petras is the word for a large, immovable rock. See, we're talking the difference between a pebble that you pick up on the side of the road and half dome. So when he says, on this rock I will build my church, 
I will build my church. He is reminding us that we do all of the things that we can do. But at the end of the day, Jesus is the one who builds his church. Not us. Jesus is the one who builds his church. And the reason that we know that it can't be built on human effort, the reason that we know that it can't be built by something that a human does, is because at the end of it, he says, and all the powers of hell, other translations use the word death, or some of them use the word Hades, but all of the powers of hell will not conquer Well, listen, I don't know exactly when, but Peter died. So the power of death conquered him. So it wasn't him that he was talking about. And years later, as we come and gather here together as a church, it's still not us that builds up his church. It's him. He will build the church. But when he left, he said, now, as I've started this process, as I've gotten this ball rolling, now it's time for you to go. It's time for you to go. It's time for us to go out. Because the only way that Jesus is going to be able to go now is for the Jesus in you to move outside of this building and go. And reach someone and talk to someone and invite someone. There there was a a really... um, prominent pastor who pastored a church of 30, 40,000. And he, he, he had this line, and I love this line. He says that the local church is the hope of the world. And the reason that he says that is because when we look at all of the wonderful things that have happened in the world, most of them originated out of a local church. The drives to, for humanitarian work originated out of the local church. The Salvation Army originated out of the local church. The relief efforts, many of the relief efforts that are non-governmental started out in the local church. And lives are changed and habits are broken. Marriages are restored. Finances are healed. Many of that happens here in the local church. And when we think about the ability to make changes in people's lives, if you look at what the government does and you compare it to what local churches all around the country and around the world have done, by far, the local church is the most efficient and most effective means for making a difference in people's lives. But if the local church is the hope of the world, then you are the hope of the local church. You are the ones. We are the ones. Are the only ones who can take the message of Jesus out into the people who need it the most. There are people in your circles today who need what you found. There are people who are related to you or that you work with or that you go to school with who need what it is that you found that makes you come here week after week. And so as we close out our time together today, and and as you continue to, to think about as we starting off this new year and you've got your New Year's resolutions, and for many of us, our full work week is going to start on Monday. 
What I want you to think about is this. The question that I want you to ask yourself is this. Who needs what I have found? Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Grace Point Church is located in South San Francisco, California. For more information, look us up online at www.wearegracepoint.com.